post-produced after they've already done it live, like the next day. And then if you want to watch the post-produced, you can just watch it on the DGN channel and you can either rewatch it live or you can watch the post-produced version. And then the next week, the Jomez copy comes out. I think that still allows for Jomez to be around. And maybe Jomez morphs in with the DGN and they work together on something. But I think that, I think the loser here is kind of... Prodigy. I mean, they lose out on Matteo. They lost out on having that third really, really top good guy who's competing for wins every single week. I feel like this is kind of what Paige Pierce needed. And, you know, everyone, you know, she made a post on She was like, hey, like, I, you guys are, like, sleeping on my season. Like, she kind of got what everyone was talking about. You know, Kristen Stark coming over here and winning some, some events out of the ones that she did play. And she was like, I get it, but, like, you guys are sleeping on me. Like, I've been dominating. Welcome, in everyone, to the Chain Clankers Disc Golf Podcast. We've got another fun episode for you guys today. Today, we are going to be talking about the Disc Mania Mystery Box and... Maybe a lot of you didn't get it. Maybe some of you did get it. We're going to talk about the pros and the cons and the good, the bad, the ugly from that drop, as well as we are going to be talking about the disc golf free agent moving signings extensions. We're going to be giving you our thoughts on those and kind of updating you. And what does that exactly mean for the overall landscape of disc golf? I, I think we have some very important thoughts that need to be shared there. And our final segment today, we are going to be doing another disc golf hot take should post-produced disc golf die you're going to want to make sure you stay tuned through the end for all of that but let's go ahead let's bring in our co-host now Horatio Gonzalez how are we doing today man I'm good very curious to get into these into these topics kind of see what you think um but yeah no uh really really glad I know I don't know about everyone else around the the country but here in Kansas we've been having pretty warm weather I mean, I know next week we got 70s and stuff, so we've actually been able to get out and play. I think you're going to get out and play today probably. It's yep. pretty nice how it's pretty pretty um, tough to not get out and play when it's so nice right now in the winter. It definitely helps to make the winter a little shorter. You know, not all of us can fly out to like to the, the southwest and stuff, go out to, mm-hmm. to the desert for a while, which yeah. seems kind of cool to do. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely a good day when it's almost December. I mean, we're a couple of days away from December and I'm going to be able to go outside in shorts and a t-shirt and play some disc golf in the middle of the country. So that is definitely not something that normally happens. But however, I do feel as though lately it's been okay until January. And then once January, February, March hit, it is brutal until it kind of sort of breaks through. And then the next thing you know, it's a hundred degrees for the next six months. So that might be a little bit tough, but we're, we're thankful for what we have right now. I just love disc golf in the fall. I love, uh, you know, the trees losing the leaves and a little bit cooler temperatures. And, uh, yeah, it's also nice where if I throw a bad shot, it's a little bit easier to find it in the brush than it is in the summer. So that's always good, but yeah, man, it's uh it's a good time to be out here in disc golf. And I tri- played like three or four times this week, which was the most I've done in quite a while. Got a couple of field work sessions in playing by myself and it feeling good. I am struggling a little bit, maybe with a little bit of shoulder soreness, wrist soreness from playing so much. So had to take the day off yesterday, but ready to get back out there and do it today. And that's just a little word for everyone. You know, if you're feeling a little sore, even though the weather's nice, got to take that day off and get back to being a hundred percent. You don't ever want to overdo your body because if you do that, you might not be able to get back out there and play the next day or the day after you might be hurt for quite a while, but let's start today's episode off by first thanking 
all of you guys that are listening to this show. You know, Thanksgiving was last week, and we just wanted to say how thankful we are for you guys and continuing to tap in and listen to us and grow with us. You know, we are dedicated to helping your games get better and improving uh, your scores. So that's something that we're very thankful for all of you. You know, make sure you're, you're hitting that follow button, I think is what they call it now on most platforms, you know. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, do those things. Leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you want to see in 2022. We've got some interviews lined up. Joel Freeman, Matt Bell next up on the docket. So those are going to be two really fun episodes for you guys. Let's start today's show with the Disc Mania Mystery Box. This is something that they have done last year and this year. I don't know if they've done it much in years past but last year we were both able to get one we'll go ahead and spoil it i was only the only one of us was able to get one this year was myself and got extremely lucky in doing so um but horatio why don't you kind of talk through what your experience was with this mystery box and i assume it's pretty similar to a lot of other people who were leaving bad reviews for Discmania. yeah so honestly like i really wasn't sure i really didn't want one um it's just there's a lot of cool discs in there and they're supposed to be, you know, some sweet stuff, some prototypes. And then sometimes there are other cool stuff that you don't even know about. Um, I honestly just don't really want more discs. I really actually, I need to get rid of a few right now. I think I have like everything I throw. And then I have, I think maybe like 12 extras, but it just bugs me to have discs just sitting there. So I really didn't want more. I know some people like collecting and stuff and having discs, but I just, I, I don't know. It's not like I have my discs that I collect, but those are just ones that I don't throw at all. So like they're not really collect discs. Um, but yeah, no, I got the I was watching and I was at home. Uh, I wasn't at work or anything. And I got the email because I'm in their newsletter. And I think Discmania apparently have a lot of people in their newsletter. And I know you really wanted one. And so I got the I got the email and I went in there and I was like, um, I saw you were. Well, I, I got in there and then it said by now they were available. I was like, wow, because it was like 15, 10 minutes until they went live to everybody. And then so I was in the car and I was going to buy it. And I was like, no, nah. I was like, I don't think I want one. And I backed out. And then I saw that you were at work because we were talking about it. And I was like, well, I was like, he's probably not going to get one. It's going to be like busy at work or something. So he's going to miss out on getting one. And you really wanted one. And I was like, well, that would be a good, a good, uh, christmas present if you can't get one just for you and and your fiance and i was like that'd be easy and if i can just grab one and then christmas shopping for you guys is done and so i was like i went back in there like not even a minute later <clears throat> to just finish and buy it and they were sold out um they literally sold out with like five minutes left before they went live but i think they sold out in under like a couple of minutes um and then you messaged me that you were actually able to get one just by kind of refreshing which what a lot of people said um but yeah that's kind of tough like i mean i feel like on disc sales it was before like that would happen with the cloud breaker and the tilts and stuff and everything would be sold out pretty quickly um i feel like that's kind of annoying because you know you're a disc manufacturer like you should have enough for as many people to kind of get what they want to get I don't feel as bad um, about it selling out so quickly and people not being able to get, not everyone being able to get them. I feel like it's like they advertised it. You know, they said, join the newsletter. So you have a chance and they're going to go live. 
they didn't promise, you know, they didn't say like, hey, there's going to be, you know, everyone's going to be able to get one. Like they advertised it very, very ahead of time. Um, they did a YouTube video. Eagle did a thing about it. Simon was promoting it. It's like a, a rare thing, like a thing they were doing for their, you know, like their very big followers. Um, so the fact that it sold out really quickly, I feel like that was the intent and they knew that was going to happen. And I mean, we were talking about this, you know, there's about 10 discs per box and how many ever they made. Um, that's a lot of discs. And so if they do so many boxes like that gets rid of a ton of their uh, stock. But then also if you do so many and they don't sell out or like there's just a bunch, I feel like that kind of takes away from the cool factor of getting a mystery box. I feel like there's kind of like a flex, you know, to say you got one and it's exciting. Um, so it was kind of silly, though, that they sold out in the pre-sell and then they went live and then like they still posted on Instagram. They're like, hey, the boxes are live now, but they were gone. Um, so it was just kind of it was funny watching that. But yeah, I saw that a lot of people didn't get one, but I feel like a lot of people did. The ones that did get, they said this was like the easiest ever, like for actually getting in there and buying one. They're like, wow, it was super easy this time. They like did a really good job. But yeah, I ended up not getting one because I went back in there and it was gone. So yeah, like I really got busy at work. I literally knew it was going to happen. I was working from home and I knew that as soon as 10 o'clock was going to roll around, I was going to get busy. And of course, 945, some stuff started to go down and I was talking to external counterparties and, you know, it was not going well for me. And I, I didn't even have an opportunity to look at my email to know that there was a pre-sale link until it was too late. And so I was just looking at the countdown timer and I saw it hit zero and I, you know, refresh, 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 refresh. And as soon as it hit zero and I refreshed, it said sold out. And I said, literally, how is that possible? Like, I understand if I waited 30 seconds and it said sold out, but the fact that it literally hit zero and said sold out, I was like, how is that possible? So I Snapchatted you. And then I honestly was getting back on Instagram to be a little baby and be like, oh, it sold out the second it hit zero. But then like it, the page just automatically refreshed again because I was in like a Safari browser in Instagram somehow. And it said buy now. And I said, this has got to be a joke. And so the whole time I'm putting my stuff in and putting my actual stuff in was very, very good. And like I said, I thought, I thought it was a joke. And then I very quickly was like, oh my gosh, no, I'm actually finna about to get one. So that was really cool to be able to get one. But I question, I guess, everyone else's mentality around it. Um, yes, I was getting on Instagram to kind of sort of be a baby, but I wasn't going to actually like post anything or leave a bad review or a comment. Like I think you were saying yesterday, it was either you or my fiance, one of you guys were saying that they went from like three reviews on the product to like 500 reviews. And all of them were one stars saying, Oh, I didn't get one. I didn't get one. And you're right. Yeah. Like, think about it. It's 10 discs per box. If they sell a thousand boxes, that's 10,000 discs. Like there's a disc shortage right now. It, it's supposed to be a collector's item. It's supposed to be something that's very sought off, you know, and it's, it's one of those things where I think that the company disc mania did a good job at promoting the product, explaining that it was going to be tough to get. And if you join the newsletter, you had a significantly better chance of getting it. So if you didn't join the newsletter and you didn't get one, that's on you. In my opinion, that is 1000% on you. They told you if you want a better chance of getting one, 
go do it. And for those who did it, they were able to get one more times than not. And it's one of those things where I think the company did a fine job. I think the like posting after it was already like sold out pretty much like, Hey, they're live. Like, I think that was a little bit silly. Um, I think maybe instead of 10 minutes, maybe have pre-sale for like five minutes or something like that. Two minutes. I don't know. Something like that. Um, just some thoughts there, but yeah, I mean, you had two of the biggest content creators in disc golf promoting it, disc mania promoting it like all over Instagram, social medias. So yeah, I very much think that this was a collector's item. This was going to be hard to get. If you got it, congratulations. If you didn't, I'm sorry, that's tough, but I, even if I didn't get one, I don't see any hate or reason to be mad at Discmania. I mean, they had more than they had last year. So just a thought. Yeah, That's funny. I went to their website to see how many they were up to, and I'm pretty sure they, they got rid of that part. Um, and that's funny. they only, they only have a little thing that says like, what are fans saying? It's got like some, like three, five star reviews, which I don't know. It's kind of, kind of petty to review based on like a one star just because you didn't get one yeah like the like people on there like that's one thing i have a problem with when people review stuff not based on the product but they'll be like oh i got it one day late or oh Mm -hmm. like this like took too long to get here or something like that And it's like you're not reviewing the product like and also i don't understand why they have the like when it goes on sale and they have the review section open like you're just opening up yourself to those, you know, people are going to be upset about not getting one. Like you should have the reviews in there for after for the people that purchased it. I feel like that would make more sense, but no, they're really cool. I'm glad they do that. I mean, disc mania has a cult following. Um, I feel like their followers are very, and they like to like them. And the cool thing about those, you know, you get those and yeah, it's like a hundred bucks, but usually there's one or two discs in there that um, if, Usually over after a little while, you can sell for at least 80 to a hundred dollars. I know last time it was like the tilt. And so people were selling like one of the discs in there or something and making their money back. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's really cool. And a lot of people I know buy them and you'll see some of these boxes for sale later and people will be asking like double or they'll be parceling out the discs, you know, breaking it down and selling it, selling it for parts. And they'll be like doubling or tripling their money on the box because the discs in there um, are pretty rare. Yeah. But yeah, and that's it's, pretty cool. It's one of those things also where like, you know, last year there was a tilt and they said, this is your only opportunity to get a tilt. And then they literally sold more tilts six months later. And their MD, I think the MD one is the special disc. Like I guarantee they are going to sell more MD ones later. They never once said, this is your only opportunity to get it like they did with the tilt. So that tells me that here in a couple months, it's going to go on sale anyways, and you're going to be able to get it for like 25 bucks. So if, if you're really mad about missing out on that, I truly believe you're going to be able to get one. So yeah, you're completely right. It's really cool. And because disc mania has done it, literally so many other companies have started to do it as well. Like uh trilogy, I think they do a box and then they Latitude do like a Royal like line Royal. box. Yeah, Latitude yeah. does something like that. And every company now has some sort of misprint box. Uh, you saw the guys over at Foundation, Infinite, and even OTB, I think, and some other like smaller retailers all having like little 
pack mystery boxes. Maybe they're like three or four discs or something like that. So there's a lot of people. If you're into mystery boxes, there are plenty of ways to get your hand on a mystery box. It might just not be the disc mania mystery box. Maybe we should, maybe we should do one just like at some, at some point as a giveaway yeah. and just like discs that we don't want. Yeah, that would be pretty we fun. Don't really, we don't have like super crappy discs, so no. it wouldn't be that bad of a box. No, I mean, I would say most of the discs that we have, I would say maybe 20% of our stockpile are discs where it's like, yeah, that was just a dumb decision. Where yeah. the rest of them are like, these are good discs. I just, it's not what I throw. It's not in my arsenal. It's not in my game. It's literally a perfectly good disc. Um, we could also maybe talk to some disc dyers and make some of them cool and make it like yeah. an actual, like cool little mystery box and maybe even dye our logo on there. That'd be cool. There are, there are some on a couple, I think on Etsy and mm-hmm. they do dyed uh, mystery boxes and they're really cool. But yeah, let us know, guys, if you know that would be something that maybe would be fun. You guys would be interested in uh, Chain Clankers mystery box, just some stuff out of our own, not our backs, but just stuff that we don't throw and uh, do a giveaway or something or what when we should do that or like for what we should do that what would be a good a good uh, incentive for I feel like that might be fun. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Also, let us know. I got some new stuff in for like cold weather gear. So I'm thinking about putting it up on our store. Uh, So let me know if I should do that because we've got some merch up there. There's a link in the description below and I am thinking about it. So just let me know on that front as well. I think this has been a fantastic discussion to start. Make sure you hit the like button, comment down. What what are your thoughts on the disc uh, on the disc mania mystery box? Were you able to get one? Did you not get one? What were your overall takeaways Let's move on now to the free agency tracker. I think this is always super fun to do because it kind of shapes where disc golf is going, what's popular, what's not popular in my opinion. So we'll only kind of really talk about the biggest names that have moved on so far. So Horatio, do you want me to rapid fire or do you want to go one at a time? I think we got like seven or eight to talk about. You just rapid fire and we'll talk about kind of like the bigger ones, the surprising ones. Yeah, so I don't think the first one is that surprising at all, but Drew Gibson signed an extension. This is actually interesting. It's it, Ulti World calls it an extension slash business uh, deal with Infinite Discs. So the terms is it's a year to year slash lifetime deal. So as long as Drew Gibson is playing disc golf, he's going to be with Infinite Discs. I think this is the first legitimate lifetime deal that we have seen. I'm not sure if he's ever going to be able to get out of it, but I don't think Drew Gibson wants to get out of it. Like Drew Gibson is the kind of fella who, in my opinion, wants to almost like be sponsored for his drivers. He's going to throw disc craft and for his putters, he's going to throw trilogy and his mid range. He's only going to throw the buzz or, you know, so, something like that. Like I think he, cause in ball golf, you can be sponsored by one company for like your drivers or your wedges or something like that. So I kind of think in the past, he's wanted to kind of bring that in. And I also think we'll talk about another guy going to infinite discs. I also think there is such an advantage of having an open bag that you can literally have a disc for any shot you need. So I, it just makes sense to me. The other one who went to infinite discs, just real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Do you think we might see more players or more people start to do that? Absolutely. I was going to bring that up after we talked about Eric Oakley, who moved from trilogy to 
infinite discs. And I think we are going to see more people doing that. I think a couple years ago, you look at infinite discs and OTB discs who are the main two. And you're like, "Mm, if you're sponsored by them, like you're good, but you haven't made it yet. You haven't been actually sponsored by a company. I'm not sure if OTB makes their own discs, but infinite does make their own discs. And the fact that they allow these players to be open bag in my opinion, it allows them to open up their game so much more. Eric Oakley was talking about it on another podcast that now that he is with Infinite, he can have a shot for quite literally anything out there on the course and he can change his bag. And, you know, the downside is, yeah, you have to learn a lot more discs, but you just kind of consolidate down and learn as you go. And I, I really do think that in the future, especially if Infinite and OTB continue to have the success that they're having, they're going to continue to bring on more and more players. And I think it's a really, really attractive offer to go and be able to throw literally whatever you want. If you have been somebody who, let's say since like 13, you've been playing with a, I don't know, a DD3, right? But now all of a sudden you have to go to Trilogy. Like if you've been mainly, you know, Discmania, Innova, whatever it is, and now you have to go to somebody else, that's a lot harder in my opinion than being like, okay, I have an open bag. I'm now with an open bag sponsor. I can continue to throw whatever I want. I have that freedom. It's like, oh, wow, hey, Innova just dropped this new disc. It's supposed to be really good. I can go and try it and use it to my advantage instead of being behind compared to those players. Yeah, which like I would say maybe the biggest difference is like plastics and stuff. But I mean, I, I am a firm believer that it kind of also doesn't matter like who you're sponsored by. I feel like if you, there's players who definitely want to be sponsored by a certain company, but I mean, I think James Conrad and Paul Macbeth are good examples of you can go to another company and they're going to have a disc to match, you know, exactly the other discs that you were thrown in the previous company. Like you can find one in every single company. That's pretty much the same, you know, like you have your nuke, your destroyer, um that are the same and every company is going to have that specific disc it's just a different plastic and something you get used to it i mean james conrad one year went over and um one i think paul Macbeth was the same way his first year with discraft he won so i don't think it matters that much and yeah but i think we might see more of that people having you know maybe sponsored for a certain part of their disc i think that would be really cool and there'll probably be more opportunities for players that way. Yeah, I agree. I really think that Ezra is going to be one of the last guys or gals who goes from primary open bag sponsor to a company. I think you're going to see significantly more people go from primary disc sponsor to infinite or OTP discs. I just think there's so much freedom, so much upside, but let's continue to move on from there. Like I said, Eric Oakley, he, uh, went to infinite discs and the interesting thing about this was it was an early termination deal so like he got out of his deal with dynamic discs to go to infinite discs is how i'm understanding this which eric oakley was literally the frontline guy for dd i mean there was him and chris clemens were really the top two i can't really think of anyone else who was 
consistently competing. You've got Nico over on West side, but we'll talk about them here in a sec. So that's really interesting, but it brings me to the next guy who actually moved to DD, which was Gavin Rathbun, who was our most recent guest. Make sure you check out our episode with him. He talks about his injury, gives us updates and, you know, talks about his disc golf journey, how he literally almost chose not to play disc golf and how a freak injury propelled him into an incredible disc golf career. But Gavin Rathbun leaves disc mania now signs a one-year deal through 2022 betting on himself at dynamic discs do you think this is the right move for gavin and do you see success in his future with this company yeah you know i think it's exciting and for those players i mean they have to do what's best for their tour you know who's going to give them the better deal the most most sponsorship and support and stuff and i mean i mean he he had nothing you know he had nothing but good things to say about disc mania, but I think it's a fun fit. And I think it's good to switch stuff around. I mean, look at James Conrad MVP. I mean, no one really, I mean, talked much about uh, MVP and then, you know, James Conrad went over there and people got excited about it. MV it's like, I see so many people carrying an envy now it's ridiculous. So I think it's good, you know, people to hop around. I mean, Paige Pierce used to be at dynamics. Like that's, that's it's so weird to think about that. Like, cause she seems like, a she seems i can't see her as anything but like discraft now um i feel like so it's a really good fit for her um but i think that's very exciting for the sport people to move around you know get people excited about other other companies and it makes it more competitive that way you're not just you know there's someone at the top i feel like innova and discraft and Discmania, you know they're like the big hitters um so hopefully you know i feel like dynamic discs they're huge company and they're like they uh, so I'm glad for them to get some big names and to hopefully start competing more at the top with the other big ones. Cause I mean, I know we, we always end up or sometimes talk about the comparisons to like formula one, but formula one, it's like the top four big names are always the ones dominating and most sports are like that. And we don't, I don't really want to see uh disc golf continue to be like that. You know, you want to see everyone competing. It's fun when there's like a, name you don't really know or like a company small company i think nico is probably like the biggest nico and emerson keith you know were like the biggest ones for trilogy they'd be like the ones at the top sometimes competing for a title so you know it'll be seeing what gavin rathbun did this last season and stuff it'll be fun to see you know dynamic up there uh, especially you know they're a kansas company so even though i don't really throw much it's exciting to see you know dynamic at the top competing with the other big names yeah, I agree. We, yeah, being in Kansas, we sh- probably should throw more DD than, than we do. But yeah, we don't throw a whole lot. But hey, if you're looking to sponsor us or the show, just let us know. And I can throw dynamic discs all you want. I will tailor my game to dynamic. But I agree with you that it, it is very good for them. I think they getting this addition, uh, Gavin Rathbun has the distance to be able to compete at the top level, which is what I think it takes now nowadays to really compete. So you add that to Nico LaCastro, Emerson Keith, and our newest guy who joins Trilogy is Matthew Oram. Matty O leaves Prodigy and signs a two-year deal with Westside Discs. I think this is massive for Westside Discs because they were a company that was going under until they were brought on to trilogy with dynamic and latitude 64. So they're now part of them. So they really only had Nico Castro, 
on the on the MPO side. I can't really think of any other uh, big name West Side guys. They definitely had some pretty halfway decent to good FPO players, but signing Matteo, who had such a blazingly hot end of 2021, is massive. This hurts Prodigy, but Matteo going to West Side now shows that Trilogy is out to make some moves, and they're trying to win and compete more. And I think Matty O this year will finish ahead of Nico Castro, which is crazy to say, because Nico literally has been Mr. Westside for so long. I think this is a great move. I think it's a great move for Westside. I think it gets more Westside discs being bought. And I think it's such a good opportunity for Matty O because let's face it. He was always going to be behind Chris Dickerson, Kevin Jones, those other big name prodigy guys and gals, Heather young. And now he goes to West side where he is the dude he is going to get signature series discs. He's going to have so much opportunity. They are going to support him. And he just seems like the kind of fella who would be throwing some West side discs. I absolutely love the move. Yeah. I'm really excited about that. And maybe it means we'll see him on tour more. I feel like we only see him during specific parts of the season. I think he's more of like a East coast guy. And so hopefully this means that he'll be on uh, a lot more of the bigger events. But yeah, I think it would be really fun, you know, him and Nicola, Nicola Castro being the West side guys. Um, I feel like that it will be exciting to see them competing versus each other and stuff or, or, you know, playing as teammates kind of and like trying giving themselves each like some, uh, some uh, friendly competition. Yeah, I agree. Moving down the list, let's get to probably one of my favorite ones. Kristen Tatar signs a four-year $500,000 deal, locking her up with Latitude 64 through 2025. I think this is big for a couple of reasons. One, Kristen Tatar is now the number one FBO player in the world, so it's important for Latitude 64 slash Trilogy to keep her on board with them. Two, I think it's very important that we know how much the deal is worth. The more that we that the public and there's transparency of how much the deal is worth, the more that other people and companies are going to be doing that, which only increases the amount the players get paid. It only increases the compensation. So that is super duper duper important in my opinion. I mean, literally look at NFL, look at NBA, Formula One, you can look at MLB, all these different sports, you know exactly how much the players are making. Disc golf, you truly have no idea. And it's, you know, you can compare it to be like, oh, well, how much are you making at work? I think there's a difference there because in sports, when you know that and you have the ability to see, Hey, I'm consistently beating this girl every single week. Why is she making hundred K more than I am this year? Let's renegotiate our deal, or maybe I'll have to go somewhere else. So I think that's super, super important for the transparency keeps her there. I, I think it's just a fantastic move. I can't see her anywhere besides latitude 64. Yeah, it would be, It'd be kind of wild, but, you know, it's seen her to go to another company. But, yeah, I think she's pretty much locked down there. And it'll be fun, you know, all this all this buzz she's making. She came over here, got a lot of people excited, got you excited. She's got all these new, you know, fanboys. And I feel like this is kind of what Paige Pierce needed. And, you know, everyone, you know, she made a post on She's like, hey, like, I, you guys are, like, sleeping on my season. Like, she kind of got what everyone was talking about, you know, Kristen Starr coming over here and, uh, winning some some events out of the ones that she did play and she was like I get it but like you guys are sleeping on me like I've been dominating this tour for years and you guys are gonna get like somebody comes over here plays a few and then you guys are just gonna like 
do that. So I think this is like, that's the kind of stuff that Paige Pierce, like, you know, lights a fire under her. And so it just means good disc golf for everybody, you know? Um, and then Haley King also, you know, I think they'll also, she'll have to step up her game. And so it'll be a lot more exciting. We won't see that, you know, dominating, you know, Paige Pierce is up by 20 strokes in the last round and it's over, which I think people got used to and people forget about. And I agree with Paige Pierce. Like that's what people are like, Oh, this is so boring. Oh, Paige Pierce is going to win. Oh, she's going to win again. She's going to win again. Um, so it'll be exciting to see if, uh, Tatar can, can continue that, that dominance that she brought over for that short period of time. Cause yeah, it'll be about consistency. So I'm excited. Did you said that Paige made a post about that or is that just like a, like a piece of anal- analysis that you're saying? No, she made a post on Instagram. Oh, I'm going to have to look at it because she did not have it a was good on season. Her story. So it's gone. Oh, okay. Cause I will be the first one to say she did not have a good season by Paige Pierce's standard. She had a bad season. And when you win as much as she does and have the majors that she does, like, I'm, I'm sorry. It was not a good season. Um, she had a bad season, but still dominated. She was still the number one on tour. Like, yes, but she had a crappy season and still dominated. I mean, I wouldn't say dominated. She didn't win the women's United States championship. She didn't win worlds. She, she had the most wins on tour. I don't know. I'm just left. I'm left with a bad taste in my mouth from her season. Um, but yes, yeah. I, I agree. I think though that her, Kristen and also this deal is important because she's going to be playing, I think a full tour in the U S which is awesome. This says to me that FBO disc golf is going to be so much more exciting and hopefully we can get more Europeans over and just continue to make disc golf more exciting in general. It's one of those things where in any sport, when you have somebody who's just absolutely dominating week in and week out, and you know what the outcome is going to be, it's not fun to watch that sport. Literally the new England Patriots, when they won the Super Bowl, what felt like every single year, that's not fun. When golden state won the NBA championship every year or the, or LeBron's teams or whatever, it's not that fun. When the Yankees, win all their championships it's not that fun when lewis hamilton consistently wins championships it's not fun we want to see excitement drama all those things so i think this is just another step in the right direction making disc golf more competitive let's move on to our next one and i think this is actually going to be our last one of note it's going to be greg barsby greg barsby signing a three-year extension with innova uh makes sense i mean i can't see him going anywhere else so real quick before we move on to our hot take and get out of here what are your initial like winners and losers right like what company do you think is moving up because of these deals so far what companies are moving down i feel like discraft is kind of maintaining their you know i think their junior players i think had really good seasons also uh disc mania i feel like it's starting to slowly become the dominant i feel like they have so many heavy hitters i mean with eagle simon coming back from his injury his like coming back and playing a short season he i feel like did good uh considering you know being recovering from an injury i think he did good and then kyle klein i mean gavin rathbun i think disc mania is might start to take the lead. I feel like Innova, I mean, they have Ricky Wysocki uh, and a bunch of other great players, but I feel like Discmania is kind of starting to pull ahead, especially now with them becoming their own manufacturer, you know, that potentially being more money. 
you know, not being under an umbrella and limited to, they're going to have more money to uh, pay players. And so they're going to be able to sign, sign more players for the better players or keep, you know, the ones that they have. Um, I think this uh, dynamic, you know, I think they might have some exciting, some exciting players next season, you know, on the FPO side, they have some good players. Um, so yeah, I think that's, it'll be exciting to see. I'm excited about next season. Yeah. If I'm sp- talking specifically here right now, just about the free agency, uh, I-, I would say your big winners here have to be trilogy. Uh, they just, I mean, they, and infinite discs. I mean, they lock up Drew Gibson forever and they add Eric Oakley. So just good job by them. But I mean, you had Gavin Rathbun, Kristen Tatar, Matty O. Uh, that's just fantastic. I'll take that exchange over losing Eric Oakley any day, as well as I, I think the loser here is kind of prodigy. I mean, they lose out on Matty O. They lost out on having that third really, really top good guy who's competing for wins every single week. And, you know, I think Innova is a loser here again. They only re-signed Greg Barsby. They haven't done anything else. So we'll see if anything changes and we'll continue to keep you guys up to date. But let's get to the last segment of this episode. Let's talk about our disc golf hot take. The hot take here is should post-produced coverage of disc golf go away so broadly should it only be live should you know be access to joe mez go away you know that's kind of the premise of this hot take and it kind of goes to uh i think what austin hannum had done on one of his twitter hot takes where he said if you want to watch the final round you should only be able to watch it on dgn live there's no you know post-produce is bad because more people aren't watching the live, which takes money out of the purse and money out of disc golf. So I think I do agree to an extent. So my overall thought process here is that I think that you cannot spoil live sports. So for all of you who complain about getting the finish spoiled on Instagram, Twitter, whatever, literally that is your own fault. Don't go on there unless you've watched it yet. And just watch it live. It's like five bucks a month or something like that, maybe for DGN. Like if you really care that bad, watch it there. You can also watch the final round for free on YouTube right now. But moving forward, I think disc golf does need to go to live only. And I think the post-produced, maybe it's a couple of days. Maybe it's a week behind. Maybe it's something like that. But I think that when more people are interested in watching the post-produced content than the live sport itself, I think that is bad. And I think it does kind of hurt the cap on what disc golf can be. And it hurts the amount of sponsors that can come in. It hurts the opportunities, all of those things. And I think that if the disc golf network improved their commentary and, you know, can get more, it can't afford to have more cameras out there, more graphics, more replays, cover more cards, those kinds of things. I think all of those are good. And then you get a better product in the live, which makes it worth your money even more. Yeah, I completely do not agree. I agree with the live coverage improving and becoming a better product and getting more people excited about that and having more people watching live. Um, I know I think one of his complaints was having so many cameramen on the lead card because you have all the cameramen following along for uh, live and then you have all the cameramen for Joe Mess also. So it's a lot more distraction as opposed to there being less. Um, but I think that Joe Mess is disc golf. Um, I don't know how many people, you know, I think once someone discovers disc golf, 
and they go out to play for the very first time and they get hooked and they want more and you know you can't go out and play every day so you want to feed that that new addiction you have you look for podcasts you know you look for youtube you go down a rabbit hole I mean, I know I did. And I feel like most people did. I mean, shoot, the first time before we even played, I remember going to your place um, and we were just kind of hanging out. And I think it was before we went to go play and you were kind of just showing me disc golf. And I had never watched it before. And what'd you do? You pulled up Joe Mess, you pulled up YouTube and you were like, yeah, this is Paul Macbeth. He's like the goat. And you were just showing me. And I was like, and so you were showing me like some of his best shots and all this stuff. And it was fun to see, see the sport that way. And just a really well-produced product. And I think it's great to have something like that for new players or for other people, um, you know, maybe that don't play, uh, but they like disc golf, you know, they can go on YouTube and watch Jomez. And it's like such a solid, solid product that they put together with the commentary and the follow flights and just the shots. Like it's a really, really good product. It's, it's completely different from live. Um, and I think if you got rid of that, I think you would lose a lot of future potential players um, if there was only live. And, you know, I guess maybe we're talking about them only doing the final um, and they still did the other ones. I think you would you would lose fans because people wouldn't do that. They wouldn't go on YouTube and be like, oh, I'm going to watch what happened this year. Watch the newest because you want to watch like the most recent events. So you're not going to want to go watch and watch the old stuff. So if you didn't have that, you know, people are going to go on YouTube and there's not going to be that. And the only thing you can watch is live. We're like, where would you go and watch that? And then live is kind of more distracting and more not as well put together. So I feel like people wouldn't fall in love with it as much. So I think it's really hard to right now to separate Jomez from disc golf. I feel like one of the main reasons disc golf has grown so much is because of Jomez. I don't think you have to separate Joe Mez from disc golf. I think Joe Mez needs to continue to be in disc golf, but I think it's one of those things where why can't the disc golf pro tour and the DGN take what Joe Mez is doing all the good in their content and just copycat it into their live stuff and improve their own product in their own ways. Like I think if the live product is improved and then you understand like, Hey, if you want to watch disc golf live, you, you have to get the DG in. And I think that even if you're a new player, you're watching Joe Mez, I don't think you always automatically are watching the brand newest stuff in the first place. And so then you kind of, I don't think there's a whole lot of new players who are stumbling into that. I think you have a little bit of disc golf knowledge under your belt. You're on social media, you're learning things. You're like, Oh, if I want to watch the live disc golf, I have to watch it here. I mean, it's the same thing with formula one. We can't go on YouTube and rewatch the formula one race. It would take away from the formula one race. Then it's like, Oh, well, if I can watch it the next day, I'm just going to do whatever. And I'll, I'll, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it matters more that the tournament is going on and that you need to watch the tournament now, or you're not going to know what happened. You're not going to be able to watch what happened. So it, it's one of those things where like, there's literally an app on like the Roku TV to be able to watch the formula one races the same thing for the dgn like i think when i first got into formula one i wasn't expecting a jomez equivalent to be on youtube to have everything for free where everything's cut down into like the highlights or whatever i still think you can put out highlights you can put those things out if you want you can still put out the jomez content but i think there needs to be some sort of a buffer not just always and next day is nice but i think let's say if it was a week 
right? If you want to watch what happened in the DDO and you want to watch the post-produce, you, you sign up for DGN and you can watch it live and you can watch whatever they put out post-produced as well. Cause there's no reason why the DGN can't do a post-produced after they've already done it live, like the next day. And then if you want to watch the post-produced, you can just watch it on the DGN channel and you can either rewatch it live or you can watch their post-produced version. And then the next week, the Jomez copy comes out. I think that still allows for Jomez to be around. And maybe Jomez morphs in with the DGN and they work together on something. But I think that the ability to just not watch at all what happens, not see the sport live, and then just watch it the next day. I just I think that puts a cap on where disc golf can go, and I think it puts a cap on the opportunity to bring more sponsors into disc golf overall. Yeah, I, I think you. I think you would lose a lot of fans. I think a lot of people don't. You know, like me and you don't watch live coverage. I watch the one on YouTube because it's free. And if I can't, but I got rid of my subscription because I didn't like the quality of it. And I hardly was available to watch it live, like just because of the scheduling. And it would be like during the middle day, which is on a Sunday. And that's usually, I guess, when most sports are. But most of the time I would be busy. I would be doing stuff and I wouldn't be able to. And it's not something that I'm like even though I love disc golf, it's not something that I'm like, so, so like committed to that. I'm going to like cancel everything unless it's like a big championship or something. And I'm going to like, going to like, my schedule is going to be based around that. Um, it's like, if I'm available to watch it, then I'm going to watch it live. But then it was nice still being able to keep up with the season, keep up with the, the round, being able to watch Joe mess the next day and being able to be in those conversations with people, if it's not like to like, doesn't come out until like a week later, um, you know, you wait, you don't see it you, a week later, there's already another tournament. So like, you can't really have those conversations. You can't have people talking. You can't have people discussing and, you know, it's not as active on social media, people making posts, people talking about it, sharing stuff. I think, yeah. And I could see maybe Joe Mess being, you know, acquired, or eaten up by disc golf network and just being, you know, working for them. And it's just like post-production by Joe mess. Um, but yeah, I think you'll lose a lot of fans. I think my closing argument here or my like statement, right? Formula one, I'm going to bring it back to this. If formula one had post-produced content the next day, would you spend your Sunday trying to watch the race? They do. You can go on YouTube and it's like, it's like the highlights, but it's pretty much the whole race and it's like post-production. Um, and it takes you through lap one all the way to the very ending. And they put it out like the very next day is and that it gets like, millions of views. Is that formula one themselves who puts it out? Or is that like an yeah. equivalent of like For Joe Mez? formula one YouTube? Yeah. It's so, their channel. So then maybe the future is, is that Joe Mez is working in conjunction with the disc golf pro tour instead of almost taking away from each other i think more collaboration between the two can make that better um yeah that's i guess kind of my closing statement here anything else you got before we get out of here no i think that was good really excited to hear what you guys think about these let us know in the comments what your opinions are what we're wrong about and hope you guys have a great week Thank you for listening to the Chain Clankers podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Chain Clankers and hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to us from so you never miss another episode.